Lord God, we are grateful for the opportunity to freely come and stop in the middle of our day to come and worship you. Thank you for the ways that you continue to um, stretch us and challenge us and draw us closer to you in joys and in struggle. We ask that you uh, open our hearts and lift up our spirits to you this morning as we come to you again. As the word is open, that we will hear your word afresh. Be with us now, we pray. Amen. Amen. So just over a year ago, or just yeah, under a year ago, sorry, I started the process of moving my family and I from St. Andrews, Scotland to Spokane, Washington. And part of that process was going to Colorado to get a car and bringing the car up here to Spokane. So my dad, who has many amazing gifts and is a wonderful guy, one of his gifts is that he looks a lot like Santa Claus, which comes <laughs> in handy uh, at Christmas time. But he's also one of the, the best road trippers you'll ever meet. He can drive 16 hours straight and not even blink. This guy's crazy. So he offered to drive with me up from Colorado to Spokane in this, with this car. And this car that we have is, is, it was five years old, but it was the newest car I'd ever owned. And it had all these bells and whistles and sensors and things that I'd never n known before, including one that said uh, how many miles you had left until you, you, your, your gas tank is out. You know? So, so I'm enjoying all these sensors, and we're cruising, driving, and we see we're up in Wyoming, getting close to Buffalo, Wyoming, and I see the sign that says, next uh, gas stop, 30 miles. And I look at my little gauge deal, and it says I have 40 miles left. I'm just like, perfect. Because you know the rule of road trips is you don't stop, you don't stop unless you have to, right? That, that kills you. So you just got you to gotta give as long as you can. So I, I, it's perfect time. You have 10 extra miles. That'd be good. So we're cruising. It's beautiful. I, 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 as we're going along, I see a sign that says 20 miles to that next stop. And our, my little sensor still says 30 miles. I'm good. And then right about then, it switches to from 30 miles to low fuel. So that's okay. I'm like, okay, this is how these sensors work. You know, that just means there's 30 miles left. I'm fine. We have only 20 miles to go. So we're cruising. My dad is being a very gracious, but I think he's kind of squirming a little next to me. But it's fine. And, and then you know what happened. <laughs> right? The sensor betrayed me. <laughs> and I run out of gas in the middle of Wyoming, pull over to the side of the road, coast over, embarrassed, look at my dad, sorry dad. <laughs> we had no power and no source for any more power, what they called petrol, where I was from at that point. No petrol, no source of petrol, we had no power. So I did what any normal person would do. I get out of the car and start running. Put my thumb out, hoping that a, a nice cowboy in a big truck will stop and pick me up. <laughs> Which the first big truck that came by happened to be a nice cowboy who picked me up about a mile down the road, but it was, it was great. Got my, got to the gas station, got my power source, filled up the gas tank, came back, got to the gas station, and got the power we needed to keep going on that trip. Without the power, we couldn't get anywhere. Well, as you know, we've been journeying with Peter over this, this semester as he's tasted the goodness of the Lord Jesus, and last week we get to see how he saw Jesus ascend, Jesus this living mediator, the ones who even now stands on our behalf, bringing us close to God by his spirit right now, the living mediator. And now today we pick up after that word, Peter and the others are waiting for this gift that Jesus promised would come, the gift of the spirit. But before we go there, 
want to go back to the beginning, back to Genesis. It's going to help us understand our story today, our, our text today. Genesis 11 is the story of the Tower of Babel. Maybe it's a familiar text to, to you. And it's a story that, that starts this way. There's, there's a, the people all have one language at this point. And they're, they're traveling along, and they say, let's build for ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And so these people decide, using their technology and their ingenuity, to make a name for themselves, to build this place without God. Well, God sees this and says, this is not good. These people are trying to find life without me. This is, this is going to be a failure. It's going to make things worse. So God comes down and, and uh, s- divides their languages from one language to many languages and scatters them across the world. And this is the story in, in Genesis 11 of the Tower of Babel. Tower of Babel, which means confusion. And the languages were confused that day. See, at Babel, power and the source of their actions, their efforts, was human effort and ingenuity without God. And the result was division. We go, I bet they're not the only efforts, sorry, they're not the only people who have tried something on their own without God and found it failed or even led to further division. Well, so now, we're back here, Pentecost. Pentecost is, is the day, 50 days after Passover, when the Jewish people come together to celebrate the first wheat harvest. Now this big party with God and with each other celebrating that goodness. And there's people, they're gathered together, and Peter and the 12, and not just the 12, but men and women, many men and women, who had known Jesus and were excited about his, how they had seen him in his resurrection appearances, they would come together and pray as they're waiting for this gift that Jesus promised them. And so we pick it up in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues tongues as of fire appeared among them. And a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. So they're praying, and they all of a sudden this incredible sensorial, sensorial rich experience. They hear like a wind. They feel it, the wind. They see tongues of fire. And then they start speaking in these other languages as the Holy Spirit comes upon them, this gift that Jesus had promised them. Remember that they could be God's witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, to the ends of the earth, showing forth in word and deed the kingdom of God at hand. goes on from there. Verse 5. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear them, each of us, in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. 
les oímos hablar en nuestras lenguas las maravillas de Dios. Wir alle hören sie in unserer eigenen Sprache die großen Taten Gottes verkünden. Sote tunawasikia watu hawa wakisema katika lugha zetu wenyewe mambo makuu ya ajabu ya Mungu. Nous les entendons parler chacun dans notre langue des merveilles de Dieu. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. They heard in their own languages speaking about God's deeds of power. By his spirit, God was taking the message, the message of Jesus, God's greatest deed of power. This is the message of God's deeds of power, the message of Jesus, the death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus, and sending it to all peoples, to all nations by the Spirit. See, God's calling together one people, one body out of the many nations by the Holy Spirit. What happens when people hear the message of God's deeds of power in Jesus and respond in faith? What happens? Let's see what Peter says. Peter was there. He saw this. He experienced it himself. Next week we'll hear about his sermon he preached right after this. And in 1 Peter, he explains God's, or at least brings, sheds some light on God's deeds of power in Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. You know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are set on God. Keep that up there for a second, Tyler. When we hear the mighty deeds, God's mighty deeds, God's deeds of power, that Jesus lived and died and rose and ascended for us, like Peter says, we trust in him. Our faith and hope are set on him. This is what happens, verse 22. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. See, as we, as we look to Jesus together, as we acknowledge his mighty deeds, God's, God's deeds of power, we find ourselves unified by the power of the Spirit. See, at Babel, the, the, the source and the power for their work was human effort and ingenuity without God, and it resulted in division. But now, by God's Holy Spirit, there's a new power source. The Spirit of God reunites us as we look to Jesus and brings unity that only God can bring. As Peter says, now that you have trusted and hoped in Jesus and obeying him, you now find mutual love for one another. 
you find unity where there was division. And notice something about that. It's not unity. It's not homogeneity. It's not that they became all the same. This is the difference between Babel and Pentecost. In Babel, it went from one language to many. But Pentecost, and Pentecost reversed the curse. There's no more curse, but it didn't go back to one language. Did you notice? God took the message and said, I want my message, the message of the beauty and the work of Jesus Christ, to go into all these beautiful different cultures, all these different peoples and nations and ways, embodied, enfleshed, even entongued in their words, the truth of the mighty, powerful deeds of God in Jesus Christ. And so we're not made into one homogeneous. We're made of many different ones, but we're united around the cross of Jesus Christ by the power of his spirit as his spirit unites us with him. And as we draw closer to Jesus, as Peter says, we end up drawing closer together. Take a step towards that center, y'all. The closer we get to Jesus, the closer we draw to one another. It's Jesus because it's Jesus sending his spirit that gives us power. He's the source and power for our unity. He's the source and power for what we hope to do in our lives here at Whitworth. Jesus, as we look to Jesus together in all our different stories, all our different backgrounds, our ethnic, our, our racial background, countries, where we're from, our family story, all those differences, Jesus unites us by the power of his spirit. He is the power source for us in this unity. Y'all can take a seat. That was 10 different languages, in case you didn't get them all. English, Spanish, Amharic, Ethiopia, Arabic, Korean, Shona from Zimbabwe, German, Swahili, French. We could have so many more here, of course, right? That's just a taste. Have you ever experienced this kind of unity? Have you ever experienced this unity around the cross of Jesus? When I was in college, I got to help lead a campus ministry, and, and when we were, we kind of had these two different groups. There was, another, there was another campus ministry also, and we didn't, we weren't uh, opposed to each other. We just didn't really hang out, spend time together. And some of the leaders from the other group and some leaders from our group started praying together. We started drawing, looking to Jesus together. We didn't have any real reason to connect. We didn't have the social reasons. We didn't have the background. We just, but we started praying together. As we started praying together, this amazing thing happened. We started loving each other. We started really appreciating each other. We started really seeing beauty in one another. And then the cool thing that happened is, because of that, these ministries kind of started working together in new ways. And God did some incredible things on our campus. Because we looked at Jesus together. And looking at Jesus together, we drew near together. Because the power of our unity was the Holy Spirit unifying us. Some of you maybe went to uh, watch, the, watch Woodlawn with us this fall, part of Whitworth United. We've been at the movie theater and went and heard the story of Tony Nathan and, this, and this, this high school in Birmingham, Alabama that was being desegregated and the racial tension and hatred and violence that was coming out of that. And it was horrible. Riots. And this football team was, was a, a microcosm of the whole big problem of whereas black and white, they don't want to be together. And the coach finally, in kind of desperation, allows this preacher to come preach to the team. And the preacher tells them about Jesus, his life and death and resurrection, the God's mighty deeds of power done on their behalf. And this team trusts Jesus. 
They looked at Jesus and said, yes. By God's spirit, something crazy happens. And they, they say yes to Jesus. And then God starts unifying them. And yeah, it's Hollywood, and so it's cleaned up, and you don't see some of the mess and, and, and the, the, the hard work of, of reconciliation and repentance and, and actually recognizing the systems that have been causing all these things. But it's also true. It was a true story. that This team, and then this high school, and then the rival high school were transformed by the power of the Spirit, unifying them as they looked to Jesus because the Holy Spirit brought unity that no human being could have brought. There was no chance. There was no hope. They were going to shut down the high school. And the, as these students and, fact, and then, then faculty and others started to look and trust in Jesus, the Spirit brought them together as one body, as one people. This is our Christian hope for unity. That by the Spirit of God, we'd find unity that only God can bring. Band, you guys can come on up. The source and power for us, for our unity that we seek, is the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Let's stand and sing to that God as we finish together.